Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. For those who were here last week um, when Cheryl spoke, um, I thought it was really wonderful, Cheryl, giving us a picture of what ongoing, the ongoing pursuit of freedom looks like. Um, Cheryl shared very much from her own life, but there were lots of things and certainly the process of how Cheryl's gone about seeking freedom for herself that have been really important. And I just really feel like that message for us as a church is a really, is a really important one. We want to be free, people who are free, people who aren't carrying around the burdens of life, aren't stuck on roundabouts of behaviour and different things like that. And I just wanted to say, I guess, that if you felt like, if you, heard, if you were here last week and you really felt like, I know I've got some work to do, like it raised stuff for you. I want to encourage you to pursue what you need to do in order to find freedom. And Alan Cheryl do some wonderful prayer ministry um, right into this kind of stuff that's gentle and beautiful that I have on, um, had on occasions just in my own life to get free. And so I just want to you know, encourage you, go and see Cheryl and Al if you feel like stuff came up for me and I'm... And I want to keep growing. I want to keep changing. There's a, you know, we've got this amazing ministry just sitting right here in our church, ready for people to, who are, you know, if you're wanting it. So I just want to encourage you to do that because the times when I've gone and had some prayer with Alan Cheryl have just been amazing. And it's just, it's not really even Alan Cheryl, to be honest. I mean, they're great, but it's God, <laughs> isn't it? Like, really what they do is they facilitate a time where you get to be with God and chat with him and it's just incredible the types of things that um, God brings up when he does that. So tonight I'm going to be talking on forgiveness as we're still sitting in the Sermon on the Mount and um, we're kind of a little bit, you know, in the middle of lots of things but one of the things we haven't really talked about is the section uh, on when you pray. Um, so we had a night on the Lord's Prayer, that music, the musical night with Steve Shallot and Chris that was just incredible. Um, I was even just thinking about it as I was driving here today, thinking, oh, I could just do that again, I reckon. That was just so good. <laughs> um, so we kind of had this like access point where we kind of looked at the Lord's Prayer kind of musically and very prayerfully, but we haven't really... Um, you know, dived a lot into this passage. and But I've been reading this section of scripture over and over, probably for the last month or so, knowing that, um, you know, we were going to preach on it. And I honestly, it's again, it's one of those things that I just think, oh, flip, we could preach on the Lord's Prayer for a year, like, and just unpack it. It's just so magnificent. And um, so, got so much wisdom for us and so much insight. But we're not, we're doing the Sermon on the Mount for a year. So really what I'm just going to do today is talk on forgiveness because as I've been reading this and reading this and sitting with it, that's what I feel like God has jumped out for me in particular and for us as a church. So I just want to speak tonight on forgiveness. But what I really want to do is only speak for a, a little bit of time and then actually have some space um, in the service where you can do some forgiveness work because... Um, at the end of the day, we've got to do it. <laughs> like, that's what it's about. Not listening to someone talk about it, but actually just doing the work of forgiveness. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, but really, before, before I go any further, I do, this is my disclaimer across 
uh, my sermon tonight. Is, so I am very aware that the doctrine of forgiveness in the Christian church has often been used to keep people in dysfunctional and, and abusive relationships. And I just want to say that um, because, you know, that is real and it's true and it has happened and that is not the message that Jesus would give us um, about forgiveness. And because the notion of forgiveness is so interpersonal and it is so relational and it is so deeply connected to our own hearts and our lives, um, I don't want, I want you to listen to what I say tonight, but know that if you are wrestling with a very tricky interpersonal situation, don't listen to my words and act on what I say. You need to go and have a conversation with someone who has wisdom and insight and will actually help you work out what it does look like to forgive in practical terms. So I want to say that. I want to say you can't just like hear someone say, you should forgive, and then go off and think, right, well, that just means everything has to be okay. Um, because that's, it's just not great. So I, and I know that, you know, in a room full of people like us, there's going to be relationships that we have that are tricky and messy and they're going to be, you know, to just say, just forgive them is simplistic and it's not really getting at the de depths of what God might want to do to us, through us and for us. So that's what I want to say as a disclaimer tonight, okay? So you're going to be told to forgive because that's what the Bible says and I'm not going to mince words. <laughs> Jesus said we're to forgive, we are to forgive, but it's not as simple as that. So I just want to say that if you're wrestling and if stuff comes up for you tonight, come and talk to me. I'll, I'll have a coffee with you sometime or someone else who has more wisdom than I do. Um, and I think really what I've come to understand as I've just been sitting in this passage of scripture and reflecting on it is that we do, I think, have a very small view of forgiveness. Um, and we have narrowed that word down. Uh, and God wants to expand our imagination for what it looks like to be a forgiving people. Uh, we are forgiven and we forgive. And we follow the man who died with forgiveness on his lips. So the one thing we should be incredibly robust at is being forgiving people. Um, but that is a journey for each one of us knowing what that looks like. So let's just have a read. A read of this passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 6. When you pray, you mustn't be like the play actors. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners so that people will notice them. I'm telling you the truth. They have received their reward in full. No, when you pray, go into your own room, shut the door and pray to your father who is there in secret. And your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, don't pile up a jumbled heap of words. That's what the Gentiles do. They reckon that the more they say, the more likely they are to be heard. So don't be like them. You see, your father knows what you need before you ask him. So this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honoured. May your kingdom come. May your will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us today the bread we need now and forgive us the things we owe 
as we too have forgiven what was owed to us. Don't bring us into the great trial, but rescue us from evil. Yes, if you forgive people the wrong they have done, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you what you have done wrong. That's it's strong language from Jesus. And actually, this is one of, in terms of forgiveness, and this is not the only time in Scripture we have this, where there is a very direct correlation between how we forgive and how we are forgiven. And Jesus doesn't mince words on this. And even do it, you know, like I like to sometimes look at scriptures and work out, you know, what, if there's a deeper meaning. And at the end of the day, there ain't no deeper meaning to that, <laughs> I don't think. I think Jesus, he commands us to forgive. And somehow he ties our own forgiveness and the way, we, the way we forgive others with the receiving of our own forgiveness. So it's pretty strong. And of all the things that are mentioned in that section on when you pray, the, the bit that Jesus chooses to give extra commentary to is the bit on forgiveness. That's why there's those two verses at the end there of the Lord's Prayer. So we have the Lord's Prayer. There's heaps of magnificent stuff in that about honouring God and the will of God coming on earth as it is in heaven and daily bread and not being led into temptation. But the one thing Jesus chooses in this passage to provide extra, you know, hammering down on is the forgiveness thing. So at the end of that, he says, you know, if you don't forgive others you won't be forgiven. Your heavenly Father won't forgive you. And so what really I want to do tonight is just simply have a look at some Greek words that are present in this um, passage just in order to maybe expand our imagination for what forgiveness really is and for what Jesus is asking us to do. So if we have a look at the next slide, what I've done is I've just inserted the, some of the Greek words into this, but really there's only three that are... I want us to look at. So the word for forgive in Greek is this word, aphiomai. So forgive us the things we owe as we too have forgiven what was owed to us. Now that word, like owe, in that is that, I don't even know how to say that, ophilema, I don't speak Greek, so pronounce it how you will. Ophilema, literally means debt. So forgive us the debts um, that which is owed to us, that which is justly or legally due to us. And let's face it, in life, we all have debts that we feel are owed to us. And we could write a list of what we think those, those are at different times in our life. We think a lot of the time, and we believe, and it's right, that we are owed the debt of love, that we are owed the debt of grace and mercy from others, that we are owed respect and honour and dignity, that we are owed pay, like, do you know what I mean? Like, there are things that we think in interpersonal relationship, it's just right and trust that we treat people properly. And it's not to speak about debt like it's a bad thing, or we're in debt to others, but it's just to speak about the fact that in life there are things that we do owe one another that are good and right and true. And when those things aren't given and received properly, it's like there's a debt that's broken. There is something just that was made unjust. There was something right that was made wrong. So in this passage, the word debt that Jesus chooses to use is about that. It's about stuff that's right and good and true and proper that hasn't been done. 
and that we would forgive others what they owe to us, rightly and justly. And the whole idea of being debtors, that we owe one another things, that we held to one another certain obligations and duties, that the whole idea of forgiveness in that word, ophelema, means forgiving one another the debts that we owe, that are proper, you know, this is like proper kind of stuff. So that's the word ophelema in that bit, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive our debts the things that are owed to us justly and legally that aren't given um, just as we have forgiven what was owed to us. Okay, next one. Yes, this is the commentary at the end. Yes, if you forgive, same word, FAMI, the people who wrong, it's a different word, paraptoma. People who have wronged you, your heavenly father won't forgive will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, neither will your heavenly father forgive you what you have done wrong. So he changes words. In the first bit, Lord's Prayer, he's talking about that word, philema. In the commentary, he changes his word and talks about paraptoma. I think that's just interesting that Jesus is talking about the same thing but changes the words that he's using. He's driving home some different points. And that word paraptoma has a different meaning to the word debt, that which is justly or rightly owed. And the paraptoma literally, it's translated in different ways throughout the New Testament. Sometimes it's trespass, offence, sin, fall or fault. But the word literally means to fall beside or near something something so if you were walking next to your husband and your wife and they tripped over they paraptomed (laughs) okay now they might trip over and whack you on the way down and you might feel like oi that wasn't nice but they just paraptomed do you know what I mean like they didn't mean to whack you on the way down it just kind of happened um It means a lapse or a deviation from truth and uprightness, a sin or a misdeed. It can be an unintentional error or it can be a willful transgression. The word has both. Um, So it can be something deliberately done by someone else or it could just be an accidental wounding. Just like when you're walking next to someone and they fall over and they whack you on the way down. I mean, you can turn around and give them a good kick because they shouldn't have hurt you on the way down or you could be moved to compassion by the fact that they just fell over (laughs) and are you okay? And in that moment, you've got two choices about what you're going to do with the paraptoma. But I feel like life's like that, right? I feel like to be human is almost to acknowledge that we're all running with scissors in our hands. And sometimes we trip and we fall and we accidentally wound one another. And sometimes we use those scissors to cut one another up. Both are true. But to acknowledge the very humanness of one another, to have compassion and empathy for one another, is to acknowledge that we all have the potential to wound and be wounded unintentionally and willfully. And in this passage, Jesus is really pulling out all of these situations and he's laying forgiveness down on all of them there are times when people do you wrong intentionally forgive them there are times when people accidentally wound you on the way down themselves forgive them there are debts that people owe you where they should have treated you the way you deserve to be treated and they didn't forgive them he's pulling it all in to this forgiveness message 
Now, I just want to have a look at this word forgiveness because it's an incredible word. And this is where I think we really have narrowed forgiveness down to be too small. So this word forgiveness, a FMI, has the notion of having three movements. There is the movement to send away. There is a movement of allowing and there is a movement to leave or go away from. And the word can mean any of those things. It's a, it's like a, it's a, has a moving sense in it. So I've actually bought a suitcase along as my prop tonight because I really want to, um, I really want to unpack this word a little more in these three instances to sort of explain it. So yeah, this is my baggage because at the end of the day, isn't that what forgiveness is all about? The baggage we pick up, the things that we have, the wounds that are done to us that we don't leave, but we carry. This is, you know, what forgiveness is about. So I've got a nice little old suitcase. So this is literally, this is simply just what the Greek word means. If you if you Google this Greek word and you go into your, your concordances and look it all up, you'll find all of these things. So the first movement to send away can mean these things. Okay, to send away can mean to bid going away in the same way a husband can divorce his wife. Um, Now, (laughs) that sounds lovely, doesn't it? But you've got to remember that back in the day, if a husband in Jesus' time was going to divorce his wife, essentially what he would do is send her back to her father's household. So the meaning of this word forgive is here is something done to me or someone who has done something to me and I'm going to send them back to where they came from. And I'm not going to partner with it in any way anymore. We are, I'm not going to marry myself to this debt that this person owes me. I'm not going to marry myself to this wound that was done to me, unintentionally or intentionally, but I will divorce it and send it back to where it came from. So it's sending this thing off away from you. That's the movement, to send away. It also means to send forth, to yield, to expire. And I've been thinking about that word expire. It kind of has a couple of meanings. Like when you expire after holding your breath for a long time. It's not great to hold your breath. You hold a lot of tension when you've got your breath held in. And often that's what happens when people wound us. We're holding a lot of stuff in. And the tension and the stress and the agitation, it's rising in us. And life is not breathing in us the way it should because we're holding on to the debts that people owe us or the wounds that have been done to us or people who have hurt us. And to expire is to finally just let it all out. Let it out. Let it go let it breathe out and go away from your body. It, you cannot, don't hold it into you anymore. Expire it out. But the word expire also has the other meaning of like, you know, if you've got milk in your fridge that's expired, do you drink it? Some people might. I don't. There have been times, in all honesty, when I've poured the milk on the children's cereal and it has been chunky and I've had to, I haven't made them eat it. But that's another word of expired. Like when something expires, you chuck it out. Again, it's this idea of not keeping it with you. You don't walk around with your, your curdling milk in your pocket. It's like, this is expired. I'm throwing it out. That's like to forgive. Get rid of it. 
let it go, throw it out, send it away from you. It means to let go, to let it alone, to disregard, to omit, to neglect. And I often think about this, you know, we, we can imagine our lives as the story that God is writing with us. And to forgive is to intentionally omit parts from our story. Not to reject them and saying, this isn't a part of who I am, but to actually say, you know what, I'm not going to keep writing this debt that this person owes me, this wound that's been done to me. I'm not going to keep writing it into my story. It's time to omit it, to edit it out. It's time to let it go and send it away. And it also means to give up and keep no longer. To give up a debt. It doesn't say pay the debt. It's like give up the debt. Like drop the debt. It's no longer owed. That's forgiveness. It doesn't mean the person pays you back what they owe you. It doesn't mean they give you what they never gave you in the first place. It means to drop the debt and to say, I'm sending this away. This is no longer a part of who I am. This wound, this thing that was done to me, I'm now no longer going to let it be partnered to me. But I'm getting rid of it and I'm thrusting it out and it's going away. So that's one movement, sending the wound the thing that needs forgiving, the person that needs to be forgiven is actually, it's a movement away from you. I'm going, I'm not. It's away from me. It's over there. Then the second movement of a FMA means to allow. Now, this is the really interesting thing, and this is what got me thinking about this word a long time ago in the first place. If you're familiar with the story of the parable Jesus talks about the wheat and the weeds. A farmer was sowing his field and he sowed a whole bunch of wheat and in the middle of the night while everyone is sleeping, an enemy came in and sowed a bunch of weeds. And then when harvest time came, everyone goes, hey, weren't you a good farmer? Didn't you sow good seed? Why have you got weeds all through your stuff? And the farmer says, a fear I, the weeds. Forgive the weeds. Let them grow together with the wheat and when the time has come, I will deal with it. That's the, essentially the meaning of the parable. So it's quite an interesting use of the word forgive in that parable. Like forgive the weeds? I'm to forgive the weeds? Rather than like... And it's this idea that there are things in our life that we permit, that we let be, but we do not let it hinder us. So let's be honest. There is stuff in our life that I think Jesus would call us to forgive but some of that stuff, or perhaps should I say some of those people, they're not going anywhere. You can't chuck them out and expire them or divorce them. They're going to be here. So somehow part of the movement of forgiveness is working out how to let it be. But not let it be and fester and grow and do its thing and wreck more havoc, but let it be with boundaries so it does not hinder you any longer. But there is a sense of the word forgive that is let it be, let it lie, let it stay, but don't let it hinder you. And I think there is lots of, you know, those sorts of things that forgiveness works in our life. Like let it be, just let it be. Don't get involved, let it be. Getting frustrated with random people on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram you need to learn how to affirmi. Let it be. You could let it agitate you, rile you up, make you angry, stress you out, get you raging. You can do that. Or you can learn how to let it be. Don't get involved. Office politics. Do you have to get involved or can you affirmi? 
let it be. That thing ain't going anywhere. But you can learn how to let it be with some boundaries over it so it doesn't attach to you and you don't attach to it. We learn these things. Part of like forgiveness is letting it be. I often think like this when I walk down, you know, going to the school playground, part of the PNC, lots of mums around. You know, it's, so often it's just like school all over again but for grown-ups, you know, just the same kind of groups, same kind of things, same kind of mother politics, same kind of who's in and who's not and who's helping and who's not. And You know what? I, I just fear my a lot of that. I don't, like, I choose, I want to give, but I put some boundaries around. I want to relate, but there's boundaries around how I relate because I'm not going to get caught up in that. I don't want it to attach to me and I don't want to attach to it, but I want to be around it and I want to give into that place and I want to love those other mums, but I'm going to affirm all that other stuff and let it be. That's part of the meaning of the word forgive and there are all kinds of parts of our lives that we need to grow in learning how to affirm I. People have opinions. Brian, you wrote a great thing this week about people's opinions and basically letting it be affirm I. You have your opinion. You can have your opinion. Opinions can change. I'm not going to get caught up. You know, it's like a hook. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You read stuff and it's a hook in you and then all of a sudden you're already annoyed and agitated and riled up. Just learn to affirm I as part of forgiving. Forgiving. <laughs> Forgiving, letting it be. So that's the movement to let it be. And the last movement of a FMI is the movement to leave or go away from. So in other words, you're not sending it on and you're not letting it be, but you're moving away from it. You are going away. So this word means to, to, to leave my lovely suitcase of woundedness in order to go to another place. And this is where we really need to grow and learn to forgive because what unforgiveness comes, unforgiveness is like the seed for which then grows bitterness, angst, cynicism, um, unlovingness. Like it's this, unforgiveness is a seed for a whole bunch of other crap in our lives. That's why we need to learn to forgive because otherwise we're walking around with suitcases full of baggage. So before anything becomes festering in your life, you need to forgive it, let it go and walk away so that you don't carry bitterness with you. It's too easy in relationships and in dynamics and in communities to, to let those things grow and grow and grow. So we move away from things. We depart from one hello, and we leave you to yourself, you can be by yourself now, and all our mutual claims of togetherness and connection and what I'm going to give you and what you're going to owe me and what I'm cutting it and I'm walking away, I'm leaving it behind. It means to go away leaving something behind, it means to leave by not taking it something or someone with you as a companion, we are now no longer together and I'm not just talking about people here, like I know we forgive people but usually it's not the people we carry along with us, it's the crap that those people allowed to happen in us. Does that make sense? So I'm not talking about, you know, I'm just going to leave everyone and <laughs> become a solo person because I'm talking about leaving the stuff behind. Um, and not taking it as a companion anymore. Bitterness will not be your companion. Cynicism will not be your companion. Fear will not, not be your companion. Rejection will no longer be your companion. You are going to leave it behind. And in forgiving it, that's what you can do. It means dying and leaving something behind. But it's not this that dies. 
it's this that dies. So I die. I die to myself and I die to it and I leave it behind. If you were at the, you know, if you ever have the, uh, the beauty of being at the bedside of someone who's dying, they are fear-mying you. That, and there are things in each of our lives that we need to die to in order to leave behind, in order to find freedom. And we leave so that what is left will remain. So this is the magnificence of the word of fear There's all kinds of things in our lives we need to either learn to get rid of, put boundaries around, or move away from. And all of those things are tied up in this word forgiveness that Jesus commands us to do, both to what is owed to us by what is intentional harm and what is accidental. And it's the work of forgiveness in wisdom and with the Holy Spirit that helps you realise what's your movement to what, to what needs to happen. There are, it's not like there's one movement I do and that's my movement for everything. There are different things for different seasons at different times for different wounds. And sometimes all we need is a bit of space with the Holy Spirit for us to work this out. And other times we really do need to seek counsel, wise counsel from someone because we can't work this stuff out on our own. It's really hard in the places of our deep woundedness to know what forgiveness really looks like. I want to read you just one of my one of my favourite poems by Hafitz, the poet, because I feel like it really it speaks a little bit to our potential or our lack of potential for forgiveness in this sense. It's called To Build a Swing. He writes, You carry all the ingredients to turn your life into a nightmare. Don't mix them. You have all the genius to build a swing in your backyard for God. That sounds like a hell of a lot more fun. Let's start laughing, drawing blueprints, gathering our talented friends. I will help you with my divine lyre and drum. Hafitz will sing a thousand words and you can take into your hands like golden saws and silver hammers, polished teakwood, strong silk rope. You carry all the ingredients to turn your existence into joy. Mix them. Mix them. And that's the reality of unforgiveness in our lives. We've got all the ingredients where you are right now to turn your life into a nightmare. Don't mix them. Or you have everything you need to build a swing in your backyard for God. Forgiveness is one of the massive tools that God gives us in order that our life may be filled with joy and not be a nightmare. But we need to learn how to build and how to mix. So this is the work of forgiveness, to send away, to allow, to leave and go away from. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us. And I want to say this, I think this is important. Jesus places this work of forgiveness in the middle of his words on prayer, which he says we do in secret. This forgiveness work that you do in your own heart, you do in secret with God. If you choose to do forgiveness publicly, you will just use it as a weapon to keep wounding. So in other words, if Eloise has wounded me, I go into my secret place, which is my heart, 
with God and there I talk to God about it and there I do the work of forgiveness and I forgive and I let it go and I let it be. I do not then next week go up to Eloise and say, Eloise, darling, I just need to, you to know I've forgiven you. Like, that's not, that, not what we do. Jesus places the work of forgiveness into the secret place. This is you and your heart with God. Not you doing all this work publicly with other people. There are times when we do that, but you do it with wisdom and advice given by others. But most of this Jesus puts into the realm of the secret place. I want to finish with giving us a little bit of time to do some work on forgiveness. And Jess and Brian are going to play some songs while we do that. Um, Before I do this, this is what I want to say in terms of practical things. We, we pick up enough bumps and bruises, annoyances, distractions, frustrations through one week that you should have a day a week that you just call Forgiveness Day. Do it on Friday, Forgiveness Friday. It's got a great ring to it. Make Friday your Forgiveness Day where in your time with God, you actually just sit with God and the Holy Spirit and say, God, is there anything this week that I need to forgive? Any bumps and bruises I've picked up on the way? Anything I glossed over at the time because it didn't seem so big, but actually now that I'm three days away, I realise it's taken root in my heart and I need to forgive. So do Forgiveness Friday. If you're not doing this stuff regularly, it loves to build itself up and become epic. And it joins dots and becomes much bigger than it was. So do one thing, have Forgiveness Friday. One of the other things that's really powerful to do, and I know Alan Cheryl have done this before, is in the Jewish calendar there was always one day, the Day of Atonement. It was from evening one day till evening the next where you fasted and you prayed and you did your forgiveness work. It's the day of Yom Kippur. And this year it's on Tuesday the 8th of October to Wednesday the 9th of October. Again, what would it look like in your spiritual life to one day a year practice Yom Kippur, where you spend a day, where you fast and you pray and you bring your heart before God and you do your forgiveness work in the secret place so that you are able to forgive and be forgiven and let things go. And so this is the work I think that Jesus challenges us to do. We don't do this, we don't get forgiven. We hold on to the debts and the wounds that other people give us and it's incredibly hard for God to release his forgiveness towards us. And the more you practice forgiveness, the more you have compassion for others and the more you realise sometimes that your need to forgive other people is tied up into something that you yourself have. Let me give you an example. Luke can drive me crazy. If I was to, you know, practice Forgiveness Friday, I would be forgiving Luke every week. Um, That would be normal for any married couple, I would like to think, unless I'm just particularly bad. Um, Little things, harmless things, tripping over and annoying me on the way down kind of things, like never noticing that there's a pile of washing up to do, therefore never doing the washing up. And so, you know, if I, when I do Forgiveness Friday and I'm thinking, God, is there anyone I need to forgive? More than likely, Luke, or at least one of my children, will be in the mix. And so when you practice forgiveness, you begin to practice like speaking it out and saying, God, I need to forgive Luke. I need to forgive him for never doing the washing up. And then once you've prayed that prayer about six times, you actually realise that if you asked him to do the washing up, you may not need to forgive him for not doing it. (laughs) 
And you realise that on some level you are actually complicit in the thing that you're needing forgiveness for and that there are better ways to live and better ways to love. And that's what happens to us when we practice forgiveness, when we're specific and we speak it out and we ask the Holy Spirit and give him space to speak to us about what our behaviour is. Because my husband's not a mind reader. I don't know about yours, ladies, but Luke isn't. So if I don't ask him to do something, is it right for me to blame him and get resentful for him not doing it? Does he need to notice the washing up? That would be awesome. Is that going to happen? It's out of my control. I need to affirm that. But I can ask him to do the, the washing up. And then if he still refuses, I'll still need to forgive him. But I've got more of a chance of him actually doing it. And this is the interplay of interpersonal stuff. Often a lot of the stuff we need to forgive one another for, we have a part to play in it. And in the work of forgiveness, the Holy Spirit allows us to own it and we all grow and move forward and become more like Christ. So we're going to do some forgiveness work. Does that sound all right? Sounds glorious, doesn't it? Who loves to forgive? We're all going to do some. Um, because we may as well practice this. So up on the screen, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a thing. This is what I want us to do in the next little while. You are going to sit with God, and you, are go- you can do it your way, Uh, however you'd like to do it, or I've got some prompts up there. Asking, Father God, is there anybody I need to forgive? Or, let me say this, is there anybody I need to keep forgiving? Because when you understand the movements of forgiveness, you understand that just booting this thing out the door once might not be enough, but surprisingly, the little suitcase has sometimes gets magical little legs and walks back. Or sometimes actually even we, if we've left something, find ourselves over time <laughs> coming back. So the process of keeping forgiving is fine because it's a movement thing. If you find yourself close again to a wound or a hurt, just forgive again and push it away. It will lose its power gradually over time. But don't be afraid of the keep forgiving thing. Don't think, oh, I've just got to do this once and then we're done. Because if that, I mean, if you can do that, you're awesome. And teach the rest of us how to do it. But most of us tend to attach a little bit more to certain wounds and hurts and we need a little bit more time to get rid of them. So is there anybody I need to forgive or keep forgiving? What do I need to forgive them of? Be specific. I want you to tell God, I need to forgive Lucy for saying this about me. I don't know, whatever. Be specific. Then I want you to just give the Holy Spirit time to say, you know, did I have any responsibility in this? The answer to that might actually be no. That person just full on tripped and on the way down stabbed you in the leg. There's no responsibility for you. That's fine. The answer might be no or it might be yes. Oh, and then pray for that person what you want for yourself. This is what Cheryl talked about last week. So if you were like, I want I want to pray for, you know, Lucy should learn how to speak nicely and I always, you know, I want to be spoken nicely to. Well, then pray that Lucy would get spoken nicely to. Bless her with your prayers. Mm. Um, And then, if, or this is the other thing, is there anybody I feel owes me something? Does someone owe you something? Respect? Love? Someone owe you something? What do they owe you? Do I or did I have any part in this debt relationship? Pray for that person, what you want for them. Or if you were thinking about the leaving it be, my thing would be, Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life I need to let be? 
put some boundaries around, bring it to my mind, teach me how to do this. So we're going to do some forgiveness work. Does that sound all right? I'm going to pray. Jess and Brian are going to play and you are going to forgive and I'm going to forgive too. I'm putting myself in this. And then this is what I want to say. There's pasta in the hall for dinner. Um, so after that, you're going to sing two songs. After two songs, um, if you would like to go and eat pasta, go and eat pasta. But I'm going to hang around. So will Alan, Cheryl and others. If you want some prayer, come and get some prayer. Um, but do the, the time of the two songs is for you to do your work. But then if you feel like I really need someone to just sit with me and pray with me, either about this or something about totally separate, please do come and receive some prayer. Is that cool? Let me pray. Father God, we bring ourselves before you. We bring our bodies in this building. We bring our hearts and we bring our minds. And God, we just acknowledge that to different levels, each one of us has been wounded and has been hurt and that so much of that we carry. But Jesus, you told us to forgive. And so tonight we want to practice forgiveness and we want to forgive and keep on forgiving. So Holy Spirit, we trust you to bring the right people and the right situations to our mind that we need to forgive. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to be in this place, ministering to our hearts, bringing us freedom. To come, Lord Jesus, come. Come and forgive us as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lord Jesus, I just pray for our church. Jesus, I pray that we would be a forgiven community of forgiving people. That we would practice this with one another. That we would lay down the debts we owe one another. That we would know how to truly love and see Jesus in the face of one another. Make us a community that embodies this, Lord Jesus. That we would be a light to the world of what it looks like to be different, but to know how to forgive. And Lord, I pray for each one of us here and the forgiveness work that is ongoing in our lives. And Holy Spirit, we say we trust you with our hearts. And we trust you with our lives. And we trust you that as we practice this forgiveness, however hard it may be, that Holy Spirit, you are healing us in the deep places where we've been wounded. And so we say more healing, Lord Jesus. 
come and help us build a swing for God in our lives. That we may know joy and freedom and peace. And so I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you as you go forth from this building to embody the love of Jesus to those around you. I bless you in your heart, in your secret place where you meet with God. I bless you this week with intimacy and with freedom. And I bless you with the ability to walk lightly as you leave having expired all the stuff where you've been holding your breath. And so we go in the name of Jesus out to this week bearing the light of the world inside of us. Amen. If you would like someone to pray for you, then feel free just to hang here. If not, there'll be some pasta up in the hall and plenty of food for everyone. You can go and join that. But I'm going to hang here if anyone wants some prayer. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza beloved member of Central. <laughs>